Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayu Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! Let's go, big fella! I'm Silver! Hooray! Dan Reed, teenage nephew of the Lone Ranger, was spending his midterm vacation with a masked man and Toto. They camped in the hills near the town of Woodhill, while the Lone Ranger and Toto searched the territory for some trace of an outlaw gang led by a man named Bushy Martin. One morning, Dan was riding along a ridge trail, exercising his horse, Victor, when he heard the distant sound of a train whistle. The tracks were discernible in the valley below, so he stopped to watch the train go by. Oh, Victor, hold on, hold on. Soon, the train came into view. As it passed in the valley, the whistle again sounded. Dan scanned the slope beyond the tracks. His eye was caught by something white fluttering on the porch of a small farmhouse, quarter of a mile away. Victor, seems like the engineer was exchanging signals with someone on the porch on that farmhouse. We'll ride into the valley and go past the farmhouse. Come on, Victor. 
later, Dan approached the farmhouse on a trail that paralleled the railroad tracks. As he gazed curiously toward the house, someone sitting on the porch waved a white cloth and called out, Hello, mister. Hello. Realizing it was a young boy, Dan impulsively turned from the trail and rode to the house. Who? Who, Victor? Who, boy? Come on up and talk to him. All right. Easy, fellas. Steady boy. Dan saw a boy sitting in a wheelchair with a blanket draped across his knees. A broad grin spread across the boy's pale, thin face as he said, Golly, I thought you were a full-grown man when I first saw you. But you aren't much older than I am, I guess. I'm 14. I'm a few years older. My name's Johnny Beckett. What's yours? Dan Reed. Will you sit down and talk to me, Dan? I'll be glad to, Johnny. I saw you waving at the train a while ago. Uh-huh. I watch for it every day and wave this cloth. The engineer always toots the whistle when the train passes. I I can't walk. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry about that, Johnny. Do you live around here? No, no. I'm back from school for midterm vacation. I'm staying with friends. It was fun going to school until I had an accident three years ago. Luckily, my mother used to be a school teacher, and she's taught me a lot. She says I know even more than most boys my age. Well, that's fine, Johnny. I'm glad you're getting an education. Yeah, but I'd like to go to school and be with other boys. Someday I'll be able to walk. Mom says so. She says when we get plenty of money, she'll take me to St. Louis to a doctor. Oh, that'll be fine. Maybe someday you'll be an engineer and run a train. <laughs> nope. My dad, he died when I was little. Dad was a telegraph operator. That's what I want to be someday. Of course, I'll, I'll have to learn the code and all. Uh, I sure wish I didn't have to wait so long, though. Maybe you won't have to wait, Johnny. Tell you what, suppose I come back to see you tomorrow. Gosh, I wish you would. Good. And I might bring two friends with me. Don't be surprised when you see them, though. One of them wears a mask and the other's an Indian. Golly, is the masked man an outlaw? No. No, did you, uh, did you ever hear of the Lone Ranger? The Lone Ranger? Sure. My mother told me about him. He rides a big white stallion and catches outlaws and wears a black mask. He... You mean he's the friend you're going to bring to see me? Maybe, Johnny. I think you'll come with me. Anyway, I'll see you tomorrow. Gosh, I'll be waiting, Dan. Don't forget. I won't. I have to go now. Bye. Goodbye, Dan. Easy, fella. Steady, boy. Come on, Victor. Dan returned to camp. And that evening, told the Lone Ranger and Tonto about Johnny Beckett. He finished by saying, Johnny seems so brave and, and hopeful about everything. I, I felt I wanted to help him. That's why I said I might bring you and Tonto to see him tomorrow, sir. You might think of something to do for him. I'm glad you feel that way, Dan. Of course we'll go with you to see Johnny. Ah. Perhaps I can arrange it so that Pop Jackson will let Johnny visit him at the Midway Telegraph Shack. I will teach the boy something about telegraphy. Oh, gosh, Johnny, I'd like that a lot. Good, we'll see him in the morning. Meantime, I'll make arrangements with Pop Jackson. The following morning, Johnny Beckett and his mother were both thrilled at meeting the Lone Ranger. And the boy joyously agreed to go with his newfound friends to Pop Jackson's telegraph shack, not far from the farmhouse. He was lifted onto silver in front of the masked man, and within a short time was carried into Pop's shack. Well, Pop, here's the young man I told you about. Well, well, I'm glad to meet you, son. <clears throat> Got a chair waiting right next to mine for you. 
There you are, Johnny. Gosh, thanks. Gee, I can't believe I'm really here and going to learn all about telegraphing. <laughs> Pop teach you plenty. That's right, Johnny. Pop Jackson is one of the best. He can send and receive messages faster than anyone on the line. It won't take you long to learn, Johnny. Will you let me send a real message sometime, Mr. Jackson? Yeah, as soon as you learn how, son. We'll leave Johnny with you, Pop. Later we'll come to take him home. Well, uh, learn all you can, Johnny. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let's go, Toto. Come on, Dan. Bye. Every morning for more than a week, Johnny was taken to Pop Jackson's telegraphy shack. The boy, eager to learn, quickly mastered the Morse code and soon was able to send and receive messages with fair speed. The shack was located midway between two towns, which were 50 miles apart. Near the shack was a siding, where certain trains waited at times to let others pass. Pop explained this to Johnny one morning. You see, Johnny, trains run every day between Woodhill and Glendale, each 25 miles from here in opposite directions. I know. Now, once a week, an express comes through from the east. That's the time we got to be on our toes around here. Why? Well, if it's running late, I get a message from Glendale, east of here. In that case, I don't stop the local headed that way from Woodhill. But if the express is on time, I set the semaphore by pulling the lever down on the post outside. The local then stops on the siding and waits so as not to run into the express. Gosh, if you didn't set the semaphore, there'd be a big wreck, wouldn't there? Yeah. If the express had already gone through Glendale, there'd be no way to prevent a collusion. Now, the express is due to come through here this afternoon. So you'll see how it's handled. There's our call letters, Mr. Jackson. Well, by thunder, you're sure quick to recognize it, Johnny. You sure have learned fast. I'll take it. That morning, in their hideout in the hills, an outlaw gang composed of six men listened as their leader, Bushy Martin, spoke. Men, the Eastern Express is due to come through today, and it usually carries plenty of cash. Well, how do you know that, Bushy? I knew an hombre who was an express clerk on that run. He told me the train coming from the East the last week of every month carried payroll cash for the Far West Army posts. He was killed while trying to get away with some but a few months ago. Anyway, this is the last week of this month. So the express train that's coming through today will be carrying that cash. You figure on holding up the train? How do you plan to do it? I understand the railroad's doubled the guard on the east-west run lately. It won't matter. The way I plan it, it'll be easy. Yeah? Listen, I've checked carefully the past few weeks. The express from the east has been coming through Glendale right on time. Well? A local heading east from Woodhill always gets a semaphore signal at the Midway Telegraph Shack to wait on the siding there. Go on. If that local doesn't wait at the siding, it'll meet the express head-on, about two miles east of the siding. Well, how do you know that? I've been timing the run of both trains. This afternoon, before the local is due to pass the midway shack, we'll go there. Make sure the express is running on time, then knock out the telegrapher, tie him up, and cut the wires. We'll have time to reach the approximate place where the trains will meet before they collide. Hey, good idea. In the excitement, we just grabbed the strong box and beat it. That's right, Slicker. Slicker and I'll attend to things at the Midway Shack. The rest of you will ride to Rock Canyon, which is about where the wreck will take place. Oh, good. Good. 
After lunch, the Lone Ranger and Tonto left camp to resume their search for the outlaw gang. Dan Reed, intending to visit Johnny at the telegraph shack, rode partway with them along the ridge trail. I'll stay with Johnny at the shack until he's ready to go home. After I take him there, I'll come to the camp. We may be there when you arrive, Dan. Unless we're lucky enough to find the gang's hideout. Dan, say, boy, learn fast at Telegraph Shack. That's right, Tonto. I'm glad Johnny has something to occupy his time, and Pop Jackson's glad to have his company. The masked man and his two companions rode in silence for a short distance. Then, as they approached a heavily wooded area... As they pulled to a stop, a sheriff and posse rode from the woods and came toward them with ready guns. We got you covered. Reach and don't go for your guns. Do what he says. We spotted you coming along the lower trail, so we hid in the woods till you got here. You three must be part of the gang we're hunting. You're mistaken, Sheriff. We're not outlaws, and the young man with us doesn't carry a gun. I don't know about him, but that mask says you're an outlaw. It's his hard luck to be riding with you. It will take only a moment to explain. Shut up, I'll do the talking. We're taking you to Wood Hill and locking you up. All right, keep him covered and watch him close, men. We'll disarm the masked man and Indian. And I'll rip off that mask and see who this hombre is. It's my guess he's none other than the gang's leader, Bushy Martin. Now listen, Sheriff, I... Hey, Thunder, shut up or I'll plug you. Why you not listen to Lone Ranger? Because I know he... What did you say, Indian? Me say... Why you not listen to Lone Ranger? You try to say he's the Lone Ranger? Huh? I don't believe it. But it's the truth, Sheriff. Hmm. Can you prove it, mister? Yes, Sheriff. If you'll allow me to reach into my pocket. All right, go ahead. But remember, if you start for your guns, we'll blast you. Uh, here's a note from the United States Marshal in this territory asking my help to round up the Martin gang. Hey, let me see that. That... Hey, Jiminy, this does prove you're the Lone Ranger. Mister, I'm sorry we mistook you for outlaws. Here's your note. Thanks, Sheriff. We're searching for the Bushy Martin gang, too. We'd like to have you join us. All right, we'll ride with you a while. I'll leave now, sir, and go visit Johnny. All right, Dan, you haven't far to go from here. See you at camp. Yes, sir. Adios. Adios. Come on, Victor. All right, let's go, everybody. Get a bear. Get Get up. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
now to continue. Meantime, Bushy Martin and Slicker entered the telegraph shack. Howdy, strangers. Brings you here. Thought maybe you could tell us if the express is running on time. Sure is. Just got word through from Glendale. Good. We're taking over, old timer. Watch the boy, Slicker. Right. Mr. Jackson, they have guns. Hey, what's this all about? Never mind. Stand up, youngster. I I can't. Let the boy alone. His legs are useless. He can't stand or walk. In that case, we won't waste time on him. Tie the old man to his chair, Slicker. Right. No. No, I won't let you. The local will be here in 20 minutes. I've got to drive lower the semaphore to stop it on the side. And if I don't, there'll be a wreck. Yeah, that's right. This'll quiet you. Now, cut the wires that run up the wall there, Slicker. Right. Pop's right. If the semaphore isn't lowered outside, there'll be a big wreck. The express is coming through from the east. (laughs) That's just what we want, youngster. The bigger, the better. Wires are cut, Bushy. Good. The old man will be out for some time, but we better tie him anyway. Drag the boy's chair across the shack, away from the old man. Right. (laughs) Shall I tie the kid? Ah, he's helpless. Why waste the time? There. The old man's tied. It really wasn't necessary. Now, let's get going in a hurry. We want to join the gang at Rock Canyon in time for the wreck. Come on. Mr. Jackson. Mr. Jackson. No use. You can't hear me. The semaphore. I gotta try to get to it and lower it before the local gets here. Johnny, with beads of perspiration running down his forehead, tried to get from the chair. Finally, it overturned. I have to get out there. I have to. Slowly, he crawled to the door and for many precious minutes tried to reach the latch. Finally, he managed to get to his knees with great effort. I I got the door open. The boy, dragging his helpless limbs behind him, crawled outside. The semaphore post to which the big lever was attached was about 20 yards away. But as Johnny looked at the rock-strewn ground over which he must drag himself, he was afraid he couldn't make it. If I could only use my legs, I have to reach the lever. I have to. Slowly and painfully, the boy moved onward, pausing to rest every few feet. Because of his long confinement to the wheelchair, the boy had very little strength, but he struggled on in spite of the small, sharp stones that cut his hands and ripped his clothing. Finally, he reached the base of the post and lay a moment sobbing with pain and exhaustion. I I can hardly move. It it took me so long to come this far. I... The local... It's coming... I have to pull myself up to reach that lever. Using every bit of strength he had left, Johnny pulled himself up the post, hand over hand. Then for a moment, he was upright against the post. His hands grasped the lever as his legs gave way. Though he clung to the lever, the weight of his frail body wasn't quite enough to swing it downward. I I can't pull it down. I can't. Dan, Dan, quick. Johnny, what? The lever, pull it down, quick. All right. It's stopping. It's stopping. If you hadn't come. Easy, Johnny, easy. Everything's all right. Now stop crying and tell me about it. 
Between stifled sobs, the courageous boy told Dan about the two crooks and related all that had taken place. Meantime, the engineer saw Dan and the boy and came over to see what was the matter. Brakeman's thrown the switch. I pull in on the siding. What's the trouble? Plenty. Papa's unconscious in the shack. This boy says a man named Bushy and another man hit him and knocked him out. They cut the wires and left to join a gang at Rock Canyon, hoping your train would go through and collide with the express. Holy mackerel. Must have been Bushy Martin. Anyway, the express will come through all right. Yes, because of Johnny. But that gang must be caught. Listen, mister. The sheriff and a posse are with two friends of mine not far away. I suggest you keep tooting your train whistle. That should bring them here and they can go after the gang. Good idea. I'll do it. I'll carry you inside, Johnny, and then attend to Pop. Let's go. As the Lone Ranger and Tonto rode with the posse through the nearby hills, they heard a sound that caused them to stop. That's a train whistle, Sheriff. From the way it's being blown, there must be something wrong. Yeah. I suggest we head for the railroad and find out about it. That's a good idea. Let's go, everybody. Come on, A short time later, the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and the posse arrived at the siding near the shack. Dan met them and explained what had happened. If Johnny hadn't been clinging to that semaphore lever, I wouldn't have known anything was wrong until I entered the shack. By that time, the local would have gone by. That brave young lad saved us from a big wreck. The express is due to pass here in five minutes. Sheriff, Bushy Martin and his gang are at Rock Canyon. Let's go get them. Yeah, but when they see the express go by, there isn't any collision. They'll know something went wrong. In that case, they may ride this way to find out what did go wrong. Then we can pick up their trail. All right, let's get going. Easy, city, big fella. Come on, Rock Canyon, Bushy and his men waited nearby for the trains to come along. Finally, they heard a train whistle. Hey, that came from the east, Bushy. The express is coming. Yeah, the local ought to be coming along soon, too. Yeah. A few minutes later, the express train rushed by. sure they'd meet about here. You must have figured wrong, Bushy. Smash-up will take place closer to the shack, so we better get going in that direction. Well, let's go then. Uh, Easy. Get up. Come on. The outlaws had ridden about a mile toward the telegraph shack. When rounding a turn, they came face to face with the Lone Ranger and the posse. Hey, Bushy, look, the posse. What's all right, Preach? Use your guns, men. Give it to him. The outlaws fought back desperately, but they were far outnumbered by the posse. After emptying his gun, Bushy tried to escape through the woods. Get up there. Get but the gang leader caught the eye of the Lone Ranger, who immediately followed on the great horse, Silver. One, Silver! The masked man raised his guns and fired. 
Bushy, wounded in the shoulder, fell from the saddle. A moment later, the Lone Ranger pulled to a halt and dismounted. Hold oh, oh, easy, steady, big fellow. Bushy, Martin, you're the man we want. Look, I, I'm wounded in the shoulder. We'll attend to your wound in a few moments. You're going back with me. By the time the Lone Ranger returned with Bushy, the outlaws who were not wounded had also surrendered. Well, we got them all, including Bushy. We'll take them back to the jail in Woodhill. There are plenty of charges against them. Toto and I'll ride back to the shack and look after Pop and Johnny, Sheriff. Well, there goes the local, safe and sound, thanks to that brave lad. Yes, Johnny Beckett showed great courage. Come on, Toto. Adios, Sheriff. Easy, steady, big fella. Now, we'll see you later. Adios. Later, Pop and Johnny were taken to the Beckett home where they were both given attention and put to bed. The following morning, Johnny sat in his wheelchair beside Pop's bed when his mother brought in some visitors. Look, Johnny, you have visitors. Hello, Johnny. Good morning, Pop. Morning. Gosh, the masked man and Tano and Dan and the sheriff and the train engineer. We all came to see a very courageous boy. That's right, Johnny. The people on the local took up a collection for you. And here it is, $200. Golly, well, that's wonderful. We'll save it, Johnny, and someday add enough... Wait a minute, Mrs. Beckett. Hmm? I have something to say. You see, there's a reward goes to anyone giving information leading to the arrest of Bushy Martin and his gang. A thousand dollars. The reward is yours, Johnny. Mom, a thousand dollars? Yes, and the railroad superintendent sent word... They would add whatever more is needed for Johnny's operation, Mrs. Beckett. And you and the boy will have free transportation to and from St. Louis. That's wonderful. Oh, Johnny, it may mean you'll be able to walk again. A boy with Johnny's courage, Mrs. Beckett, is sure to come through with flying colors. Dan helped. If he hadn't... You did it all, Johnny. Oh, here's a little gift to remember me by. I leave to go back to school this afternoon. Golly! A practice telegraph key. Thanks. I bought it in town this morning. We'd better leave now, Dan. You don't want to miss your stage. Right. Adios, everyone. Goodbye. 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 We'll be praying for you, Johnny. Goodbye. Goodbye. Someday, Johnny, you'll be a fine telegrapher like your dad was. Gosh. It's all because of Dan and his friends that I'll walk again and play like other boys. I... I'll never forget them. Ever. I know how you feel, son. I've prayed a long time, and somehow I feel that it was in answer to my prayers that that the good Lord sent Dan and the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Charles D. Livingston. Tonight's drama was written by Dan Beatty and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer.